Good morning, visionaries and guests. In only 50 days, about 500 visionaries will be gathering in one place, face-to-face, for the first time ever in three years. A place where we will meet, sharing this common condition and presented with a common solution. We will find power and peace. Nothing ever in the history of Overeaters Anonymous has there ever been anything like this before. This is history-making. The numbers are staggering, the hope is boundless, and the promise incalculable. We will discover the riddle's answer during this extraordinary convention weekend together. And the best of the best of OA Big Book teachers have been assembled for you and will be at your disposal. There will be huge elements of excitement and surprise throughout each day over this weekend. The power of the Big Book, your weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. October 30th to November 1st, 2015, at the Wyndham Hotel, Virginia Beach, Virginia. If ever there were a time, if ever there were a place, this is it. Do not hesitate, do not ponder, do not waffle, and do not waver. The decision to attend is now, and there are a few seats that remain and waiting for you. Don't let them go by. You can register this very minute by going to a Vision Free website at www.vision.com a vision for you dot info we're looking forward to joining you there hope to see you and now over to you kim to begin our big book study today thank you melanie good morning and welcome to overeaters anonymous a vision for you big book study my name is kim g and i am a recovered compulsive overeater today is friday september 11 2015 Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 163. We're going to be starting at that last paragraph on page 163, which starts out, so our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Read through that first paragraph on page 164, and we'll be concentrating our comments on that first paragraph on page 164. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Mary H., For the 12 Traditions, Janice M. And reading the text will be Angela D., Rebecca F., and Susie K. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary H. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, I'm Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 
too, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Mary H. And Janice M., can you please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? Be glad to. Good morning, um, Kim G. and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. These are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups of OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Janice. And I think, so I'm just going to repeat if I did, but I think I forgot to mention the reference number from yesterday. So the reference number for Thursday, 
September 10th is 7985. That's 7985. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition state. Oh, I already read that part too. Ooh, sorry. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to be beginning on page 163, that last paragraph that starts, so our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. And reading through that first full paragraph on page 164, still you may say, but we're going to concentrate our sharing on this, uh, the first paragraph on page 164. And Angela D., can you get us started, please? Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Okay. Angela D. from Upper Westchester, very, very grateful, very grateful compulsive overeater. Yes. I thank God for everybody that's on the line. Mm. So, our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. But if our experience is a tradition, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in that town has had his opportunity to recover if he can and will. Still, you may say, but mm, I will not have the benefit of contact with you who wrote this book, who write the book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Okay. Still, you may say, this is still Angela Upper Westchester, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today through the grace of God. But I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. So what? You won't have the benefit, but you're going to have a relationship through a power greater than yourselves. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. You must remember that the reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And because of that, I crave his truth in this book. 
instead of food for today. So I'm so grateful for that power greater than myself. I can't do without him. Because when I do, I begin to walk away. And then I'll start thinking, hmm, not have the benefit to contact with you who wrote this book. I'm going to have that benefit through the power greater than me. And I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Angela. And who would like to to share on that second paragraph that was read? Melissa C. This is Bella, can I share? Jennifer. Jill T. Morrissey. Okay, I have Melissa C, Bella, I think it's Bella G, Jennifer, Jill T, and Maura Z. Did I miss anybody? Okay, and we'll get Jennifer's last initial when she shares. So Melissa C, you're, you're first, and then Bella G, you're going to be next. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C, a recovered compulsive overheater from New York. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, like, um, you know, I used to say things like, well, I, I can't do this because, I, you know, I can't get to that meeting. <laughs> and, um, or, you know, my sponsor, the person that was sponsoring me is an abstinent, and so now I don't have a sponsor. And, you know, so my recovery was always reliant on other people, um, and, and that certainly <laughs> didn't yield me any results, you know, and... Um, uh, oh, geez, a few years ago, I was in um, Lowe's or Home Depot, and I ran into a woman that I knew from the fellowship that I hadn't seen at meetings for, you know, for a while. I wasn't going. I was struggling. And um, she lovingly pressed her phone number, you know, into my hand and, and gave me a hug. And um, and I said, oh, I, you know, I would call you, and but I can't get to that meeting anymore. And, you know, she said to me, uh, Melissa, there's phone meetings. You know, if that meeting's not good, there's always a phone meeting. And, you know, miraculously, <laughs> it was this meeting. But, you know, for so I I really feel like I've had, a, you know, a wonderful gift of recovery um, that may have been born through contact with a vision for you. But I have no mistake today that my recovery is not dependent as much as I love this meeting, on this meeting. My recovery has to be dependent on my higher power. And, um, you know, and so the fellowship that I crave, I can create so long as I'm in close contact with my higher power. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And Bella G, you're next. And Jennifer, I mean, Bella G, you're now, and Jennifer will be next. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankfully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Kim, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. God will determine that, so you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. Wow, it's such a powerful sentence. Yes, 
I used to say, oh, God, please help me that I should be able to meet that person that I really want to. Oh, please, God, help me that I should succeed in this interview. Oh, please, God, help me that I should get this job I really want to. Not anymore, because this is, again, the power that I want. And this is, again, I want to to drive the world. And this is not the real reliance upon him. I want God to do what really I want to. I want to. Not anymore. Today, I, I say different. Today, I say, God, please help me to be... To, to do your service and not my service. And please, God, help me if I... <clears throat> sorry. If I want... If you think that I need to, to meet that person, please, it should help me. I should meet the right person that you really want. And if this is the job that you want me to have, I should get this job. And this, and if this is not the job that I have to get, or this is not the thing that I have to get, please take away this, this thinking in my mind. Please put me again the thinking to be connected to you and to trust you and to, you know, to have my really reliance upon God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And we have Jennifer next with Jill T. after her. And Jennifer, what's the first initial of your last name? Oh, it's C. C is in cat? Yes, it is. Awesome. Go ahead, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being able to dial into this meeting and hear a vision for you. Um, I love this chapter. And what it's telling me, um, I, I really appreciate what everybody said. You know, we... Uh, we we are going to build a community that we seek through service, uh, being a service to God and mankind. Once we've had that spiritual experience as a result of going through the steps, that's our calling, that's our avocation, is to be of service to others. I really, really needed to hear this reading today because I'm going through a situation where somebody who I care about at work, with my supervisor, is leaving, and I was scared because I was reliant upon this person rather than being reliant upon my higher power. And as it tells us earlier in the big book, you know, God is my employer, and I need to align my will with his. So I love this part of the vision for you because it's reminding me that no one keeps me absent except my higher power, that there is no sponsor, there is no group, no one I can lay excuse on. It's just me developing and growing and understanding and effectiveness with my higher power. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jill T. And we next have, uh, I'm sorry, Jennifer C. We next have Jill T. And then Mara Z will follow her. Go ahead, Jill. Good morning. This is Jill T. from Pittsburgh, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Today is my 41st meeting in 41 days. Uh, I say that to tell on myself and keep myself going. My goal is 90 meetings in 90 days because that's the depth of uh, deception that is in my head from this disease. I need all 90 days. This is an amazing paragraph. I too have been going through a situation where I see that um, 
It's actually my husband is going through, he's just started some therapy, and I discovered the other day that I'm scared of his growth and change because change is scary for me, and I want to put my husband back in his box where he was because it's so scary to think that he's going to be different. But then I realized that I wasn't asking my higher power to help me through this, and I wasn't relying on God to, first off, heal and work and grow in my husband, and then second off, to help me be the spouse my husband needs during this season. I also, this paragraph speaks that I do get a lot of wisdom from other members, and though I hear what they say, I also need to say, That's HP working in their life, and he's speaking to me through their lives. And the other thing was, um, oh, the humility of the humility of um, Bill and Bob to put this in there and say, hey, don't look at us, but look at God. He's much greater. I think that's really, really wonderful. So many people, uh, you know, so many um, people on TV build themselves up, like these uh, motivational speakers and everything, and they can build themselves up. Uh, when, but these guys point to our higher power, our true higher power, who is God, to help us through these things. And it also reminds me that even if I don't feel close to God, that's okay, because um, this gentleman said, but um, oh, where was it? I guess in the previous. Uh, Oh, the idea that I may not have the benefit to contact or be in contact and meet Bill and Bob, but that's not an excuse and that's not a weakness. The strength, again, comes from God and um, I lost my train of thought. But the the idea that, um, yeah, I don't have to feel God's presence. I just need to trust and rest in it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jill T. And Mara Z, you're next, and then we'll be opening up the sharing again on this paragraph. Go ahead, Mara. Thank you, Kim. Good morning, and thank you, everybody on the line. This is Mara Z, recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And I'm remembering back early in my OA um, life, um, I had moved um, out to an area in Northern Virginia where there were very limited meetings. And I had moved out of an area where there was two sides of an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper filled with meetings. Every day of the week, I could find a meeting. And this was a, a significant drive for me. Um, And I was afraid because, oh, my gosh, you know, all my fellows are 30, 40 minutes away from me. And what am I going to do? And I don't know from where it came, so I'm going to ascribe it to God. But all of a sudden, the idea came to me that little old me might start a meeting. And so I did, but not by myself. There was another fellow in the same town, um, and we started it together. And the fellowship grew up around us. And that was, I believe, maybe nine, eight years ago, and that meeting is still going. Um, this was nothing I did. I I couldn't do it. This was something that God did through me. And, um, and I know that there are um, yet a handful of um, folks that came to that meeting as their first OA meeting. 
who are in programs till today, some still struggling, some are recovered, and and that's what I'm here for. That's the service I'm supposed to be doing. That's my 12-step work. And, of course, they benefited, and, of course, I benefited from knowing them and uh, from walking this journey with other fellows. There is, there's no way I could possibly have done any of this or have had the life I have had if it weren't for knowing God, for finally knowing God and having him in my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Maura. And let's open it up again to, to some additional shares on this paragraph. Larry. Reva P. Sue B. Okay, I did, I did not do a good job here. I think I heard Rochelle in the first little bunch, which I didn't hear a couple people. I did hear Larry, Renata, and Sue B. So those first couple people that talked on top of each other. Was I right about Rochelle? You were. And then who else was there? Reva P. Reva P. Okay, so I have Rochelle, Reva P., Larry K., Renata G., Sue B., and did I miss anybody? Vasa Rick, O. Rick K. Okay, Vasa O. and Rick K. Anyone else? Okay, so the order again, and I have to get Rochelle's last initial, but it's Rochelle, Reva P., Larry K., Renata G., Sue B., Vasa O., and Rick K. And Rochelle, what's the first initial of your last name? M is in Maryland. Okay. And Ms. Rochelle, you're up with Reva P. second. Go ahead, Rochelle. Well, this paragraph really rings a lot of bells, especially that last sentence about creating a fellowship that you crave. When I heard that word crave, I said to myself, I know that word. Where did I see that? I saw that in the doctor's opinion. I saw where it says, uh, talking about uh, cravings talking about the allergy of the body and the craving of the mind. And, and uh, it seems so wonderful to me because when I think about the distance from going from an allergy of the body to the craving of the mind to craving fellowship and uh, recovery, it's really quite a journey. And uh, I, as I, I've seen that the words used in this book are not uh, accidents. They're uh, purposeful choices. And, uh, and, and I think that that's what we're talking about, the transformation that takes place, spiritual transformation, that one can go from having an allergy of the body and a craving of the mind to instead, instead of craving alcohol or food, craving that relationship with God. And, uh, and that is absolutely amazing. And that's my short share for today. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Rochelle. And Reva P., you're, you're next with Larry Kay after. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. What this paragraph reminds me is that this is an inside job, um, and working the program is working on my insides and not getting the outside environment to be the way I want it to be. Um, And I remember when my first sponsor uh, left program, I was terrified that I was going to lose my abstinence and lose all um, the recovery And this paragraph reminds me I cannot depend on people, places, or things to be the way I wish them them to be in order to be peaceful and at ease and comfortable, that my reliance is on a higher power, which is 
um, what I need to develop, that relationship as a result of working the steps. So whether it's inside program with the, my sponsor, the people who in my you know network of supports, or if it's outside in the world and my job, my boss, um, I, and they know me so well because they know I might say this, um, which reminds me um, no one can understand my addict mind the way um, another fellow can do that. Um, so they know, and they're reminding me again in the vision as I go out to do this work that my reliance is on a higher power. And then I wanted to share on the word crave. Oh, my God, cravings. Um, cravings gone wild is my addiction. What was I craving? I was craving food because I thought that was the solution. Um, and I thought you know, I was going to get ease and comfort from the food, the substance, or controlling a person or a situation. But it also reminds me here that this is um, a spiritual solution. And what I'm really craving is that sense of ease and comfort from a higher power. And I didn't know that it was like a spiritual hunger, like a big black hole inside of me that I just could not fill. The food just didn't um, satiate or fill that need. It was like relentless and limitless. But when I go to the source where it says real reliance, um, and having that on my higher power, then I feel real peace and comfort. And um, I think that's what I really craved when I walked into my first meeting and I saw it in the eyes and on the faces of people who had what I want. Um, so um, that's all I have to share and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Reva P. Now we have Larry K. followed by Renata G. Go ahead, Larry. Hi, Kim. Thank you for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader. Um, so, you know, it says that, you know, God will determine, you know, that, you know, our, you know, whether or not that we'll have the benefit of contact with, you know, those early pioneers who wrote this book. And, you know, I always want to remember this is indeed a spiritual program. This isn't a, a diet club for me. It reminds me on page 62 and in, in how it works you know, our troubles, my troubles, because I, I got here on a losing streak, um, uh, you know, and uh, it says our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, <clears throat> we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. I used to think that, that God makes that possible, that we that it'll kill us because <laughs> it was written right after that sentence. But no, God makes it possible for us to turn our lives around. And, you know, and that, <clears throat> that's what this program has, has done for me. I, I had eight sponsors in the first five years when I came to this program because I was always looking to the sponsor. I would not have told you that if you asked me, but I would, you know, but my actions always spoke louder than my words and I placed my dependence <clears throat> on those sponsors rather than dependence on the God of my understanding. That was what my actions showed, even though I didn't want to you know, own up to that. And I think what the steps do, what they've done for me is they've allowed me to be brought into a new relationship with the, my higher power, where my higher power restored me to sanity, 
did not take me from that that shell of a man I was, you know, years ago to, you know, perfection. Um, there is no perfection. Uh, I, I have, I have, uh, you know, I still have character defects. Absolutely. I get, I, you know, I, I get people trigger me, uh, you know, um, uh, but, you know, the thing is, is I believe that God has removed enough of those character defects in order for me to live a life in which I have not found it necessary to pick up my binge foods in many, many years. And also, I treat other people better generally. I treat myself better. Um, and I think of other people more organically, authentically, you know. That's what it seems like to me. And I'd like to tell you I did that for myself. Wouldn't that be nice? But no, that's really not what happened. See, God did that for me. God changed me. And I'm, I think God, if God knows my heart, that I want to be changed more if God would change me. So um, that's the beauty of this program for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. We have Renata G. followed by Sue B. Hi, Renata. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. But I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. And, uh, you know, he will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. And, you know, I'm like someone else I shared before in this meeting, uh, this morning. I needed to read this paragraph, and I can, you know, take this to, you know, um, other areas of my life, like current events and, um, you know, what what I understand from this is that sometimes, I can still have some old ideas. I can still have some beliefs. I can still go into self-will and think that I know what I need and think that, oh, this is not going to happen. Or if I do this, it will happen. And it says here, we don't know. We can't be sure. God will determine that. And so the main idea that I get from this paragraph is that, you know, as long as I keep close to my higher power, right, as long as I keep, uh, you know, asking for direction and his will for me, you know, I'll be guided into what I really need to do. And, uh, you know, today I do have access to my higher power and I can rely Oh, my God, because I've worked the 12 steps. And, you know, by continuing on working 10, 11, and 12, you know, I keep close to her power that, you know, in his time will show me more. And um, there, there are always new opportunities for me to really rely on God and not on myself and my circumstances or people around me. And, you know, he'll show you how to create the fellowship you crave. I mean, God will bring to me, God will show me the things that I really need, not what I think I need. But, uh, you know, for me, the challenge is really in being patient and uh, keep on doing the work every day and being patient. With that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you. Ooh, yeah, thank you, Renata. Um, we have Sue B. followed by Vasa O. Sue B., you're up. Sue, can you hit star one, or did I maybe got the name wrong? Good morning. This is Sue B. from Maryland. Thank you. I thought I was on mute. Um, I'm very grateful to be on the line this morning. And something struck me. Uh, still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. And the first thought that came to me was how fortunate we are through our telephone meeting and through our sponsors who guide us and through our higher power who leads us to this book because the people that wrote it come alive for us and we are able to get direction and learn how to follow our higher power by reading these pages. And I'm so grateful for that because I've been in program for a very, very long time and never grasped it seriously. Uh, the second thought I wanted to share was that uh, last Friday I had an asthma attack, and I haven't had one in many, many years. Uh, and I'm telling you that as much as I follow my higher power in his will, I forgot that in my panic. And um, the fear overtook me, and I would not let anybody help me. So God put many people in my life. People wanted to walk me to the guard's desk. People wanted to call an ambulance. People wanted to drive me home, and I refused all of it. I was in such a panic, I said, no, i got to get home to my medicine. I thought I knew the better way. And by God's grace only, I got home safe and sound. And I was reflecting on that afterwards and saying, wow, how easy is it when life is smooth that we follow God's plan for us? And then when something panicky happens or something not to our liking happens, our old character defects get in the way and we forget to follow our guide, our God, our higher power, because he has the answers. And and I was so grateful to be able to reflect on the lesson that he sent me and to realize that I am powerless. I am powerless over the food, and I am powerless over my health, and that God sends me angels all the time to direct me and um, just have to commit again to keep following his will a day at a time. Thanks so much for letting me share. Have a good day. Thank you, Sue B. And Vasa O, you're next, followed by Rick K. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kim, for your service. And Vasa O, recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And the first sentence, so you may say, but I will not have the benefit of connecting with you who wrote this book. And I do have a connection. I might not see these people face to face. Excuse me. But I have the connection by reading and identifying with the people that wrote the book. So I'm so grateful for that. And my real recovery depends on my higher power, which I call God. I could not depend on my, my, my own self by my own willpower to stop eating the way I was eating. And I really need a connection with uh, recovering people. And I also need a connection with people that are in the disease. Because I don't, want to ever go, I don't ever want to go back there again. 
So for me to remind them, I remember being afraid when I surrendered, surrendered to God when the, with the food and gradually in my life and my will, I had a spiritual experience. And I remember being terrified that I would lose that. And I remember talking to my sponsor the next morning and she said, Vasa, <clears throat> God will never, never leave us. It's us to pull away from God. So I, I, it was wonderful to get re, that reassurance that, that God will never uh, abandon me. God is always there with open arms, with, every, with whatever I'm going in with my life, you know. And it's just, for me, it was just trusting and relying on God gradually. I was, I was going through my recovery one day at a time, and I really have a trust today, a complete trust. And yes, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease a couple of years ago, and I had fallen off the table on my back on on a ceramic floor, and I had really injured my back and and going through the pain and suffering the whole summer. And I still rem- I said, yes, I am going through the pain and suffering, but I still know what God has done for me all these years, and he can also heal me from this. And yes, we doctors help and physical therapy, I'm completely back, complete healed. Thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you, Vasa. And lastly, we have Rick Kay. Um, we'll see if anyone else wants to jump in for this paragraph. If not, we'll move on to the next one. So, Rick Kay, you're up. Hi, this is Rick Kay calling from Miami. And, um, you know, I always get really emotional when I get to page 164. And, and as the years go on, I get even more emotional. Uh, the big book has never lied to me. I, everything in it has proven to be true. Um, and and that, that's just an amazing fact in my life. And when I think about, I do have, just like the prior uh, person who shared, I do have the benefit of contact with those who wrote the book, and that's a feeling that I have. Um, I have this visual of like, uh, first of all, it, this makes me always think about the song, Will the Circle Go Unbroken? And um, and I just have this visual of Bill Wilson and, and Dr. Bob and Ebby Thatcher and Roland Hazard uh, and, and Carl Jung and Dr. Silkworth and the rest of the original 100 waving back at me from, like, beyond the grave. Uh, they've never changed a single word or a comma of the first 164 pages, and I get their experience, strength, and hope. Um, and it was this big book and these original writings that brought me to my higher power, which I didn't have before I came into the program. And it always makes me think also about the doctor's opinion, where he talks about uh, the ability to recreate their lives, but it must be grounded on a, on a, um, on, on a power greater than ourselves. And, it, and so it was this program that brought me to a, a power greater than myself, uh, and has allowed me to recreate my life, and that's just an amazing thing that I'm that I'm so grateful for. And last is uh, creating the fellowship that I crave. So, as a, as somebody with an eating disorder and and, and other addictions, uh, I think I'm an isolator. And and since as early as I can remember, I always felt a little bit different from everybody else. And um, and I sought acceptance, and I sought to be esteemed by others, and I sought to be a part of, and didn't always feel a part of. But with this fellowship, I feel a part of 
Uh, I feel esteemed. I never feel judged by my fellows, and um, and I have found the fellowship that I crave. And it's just really just an amazing fact in my life. And um, gosh, it's really wonderful to be here. And I love this meeting. And uh, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rick Kay. And does anyone want to share before we move on to the next paragraph? Kelsey H. Santa H. Paula D. Leia. Okay, so we, I guess people do then. We have Chelsea H. Santa, I forgot your last initial, Santa, Paula D, Leia M. Okay, Chelsea H., you're up first, followed by Santa. Okay, let me set my timer. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H., a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, This whole paragraph makes me bristle, I'll be honest with you, because of the masculinity of it, the God of it. But because today that I have established a relationship with what I call my divine director, and it's my internal clock, and it tells me when I'm off kilter trying to let self come back in again, today is a day for me when I actually go back to page 17 of being in a disaster shipwreck with someone. Um, Today is September 11th, and I was involved with... um, the events that took place in New York and our country, around the country, and I walked home this day, the night before I had worked the overnight shift on the 88th floor of the World Trade Center. I got off at 8 a.m. Right now I would have still been working, and I was saying goodbye to my fellows and stuff and tinkering around because I had to work another job. But whatever's at the totality of it all, I didn't perish in that event. And um, I was shipwrecked with a lot of people, some of them I don't even talk to anymore. But as a result of walking through these steps, this is the 14th year, this is the third year that I have not eaten over this event. I have not eaten myself into oblivion, beating myself up, wondering why, what was the reason that it didn't happen to me. And this paragraph is telling me, and this has been my experience, that whatever's at the totality of it all will guide my life to have me to create the fellowship that I crave. And the fellowship that I crave is one that's all-inclusive, never exclusive. And I'm so grateful that the words, God, as we understand him, perhaps, as Bill says, the most important expressions in our AA vocabulary, is, is really staying me because it's true. And it turns out to be that everyone is welcome. If you have a heart to have a mind that can be relaxed and open. And I found that having that, assuming that position, that my guide of destiny tends to align me with the elements of the, work, of the earth to where I'm other-centered. And this says that he will show you how to create it. It's not going to be created for us. If I'm spiritually fit, and for me that means being tuned in to Didi, my divine director, then all sorts of things have happened, and the fellowship that I crave has been created. And I'm so grateful a day at a time, and my heart goes out to all the families and just the country in general for um, today, and just grateful that one day at a time I get to live um, happy, joyous, and free, even when I'm not happy or joyous, and I'm able to accept that a day at a time. Thanks for letting me share. Peace, everybody, today. Thank you, Chelsea. And we have Santa H. 
now and then Paula D after. Hi, Santa. Hi, Kim. Thank you so, so much for your service, Kim. Greatly appreciate it. What I wanted to share, this paragraph, really um, just so powerful for me today. And thank you, everyone, who shared. Diddle, diddle to so much was said today. I can so, so relate to it. But what really struck me is how an aha moment that I had this morning. I I, I got up this morning at 3 o'clock, like I always do, and I was led to listen to um, a recording on A Vision for You that was done December 1st, 2013, and it was Kim G. as a speaker uh, going through the Bill story. And this paragraph for me, as I was reading this, it just really hit me. Because I remember back in 2013 listening to that when Kim did that and then to listen to it today. And what came up for me is that this paragraph really described, in a nutshell, the whole purpose of the Bill story. And Kim did an awesome, awesome job in identifying it and how that story was all. It's just amazing to me. It was two hours, and I enjoy every moment, and I couldn't even put my phone down just listening to it. But this here, when he says, he will show you how to create a fellowship you crave. And I think for me, like I can identify in on a Bill story, is that I was searching for a purpose. I was searching for a reason to do what I did in life. And being around people is what I was craving for was beyond that because I was always around people just like Bill was. Bill was searching and chasing for things outside of himself. And I love how in the Bill story when Kim was talking about the lone wolf and how eventually, you know, the fair weather friends, I had a lot of that in my life. And chasing money, oh, yeah, that was me. Uh, I was chasing money, and it's like that, like that carrot dangling over my head that I never was able to grasp for. But this program has taught me how to create a fellowship that I crave for, how to create a life today where I don't have the people around me like I used to, but I have a fellowship that fulfills the need, this program, these steps, especially the way it is outlined in this book. And, in, you know, that Bill's story just did a wonderful job in just d- demonstrating that for me. And I just wanted to share that because listening to that and then reading this paragraph, it was like God said, here's the lesson for you, Santa. This is the answer. And, you know, when he says he will create, he will show you how to create a fellowship you crave. So I don't crave food today. I don't crave a fellowship today. I don't crave friends. I don't crave love. I don't crave anything because I have it all. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa. And then we have Paula D. followed by Leah M. And that will take us to the end of the meeting. Go ahead, Paula. And thank you, Kim. This would be Paula D. From Londonderry, New Hampshire, a compulsive overreader, uh, recovered today. And it starts with this paragraph that I never knew about. Whoever went to the back of the book. And here it is. Still, you may say. And I read this at a meeting, I think it was about four years ago. And they said, where is that? Where is that? There it is. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. Oh, yes, contact I am. I happen to be a great-grandmother. And there is contact. 
there is contact through the generations, and here we see it. But what about those who still are here, who read this book, who live this book, who love this book, who teach this book? Oh, yes, it goes on, and it goes on. We cannot be sure. I don't need to anymore. I lived this life before that. I had to be sure. I had to be sure about my tomorrows. I don't need to anymore because it's not me anymore. Here it says very clearly, God will determine that. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always, always upon him. I don't know what this day will hold. God does. God does. And it says he will show you. And I'm reading every line. He will show you. I want it to be the one to show you. So I stepped aside and I let God show me and to create. As it says so beautifully in our seventh step there, it says, he will create, not me anymore. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. So there I am and he creates the fellowship that I create, crave that I didn't even know. Who knew? But my time is coming to a close. So with that, I want to say thank you for allowing me this time to share and to be with this fellowship. And thank you again. Thank you, Paula G. And Leah M., you'll end at the meeting. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kim. Uh, he will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Um, you know, in the next paragraph, it's going to have a statement, uh, you know, but obviously you cannot transmit what you haven't got. The program of recovery, this process of the steps, you know, takes us on a, on a journey, um, and it's designed to bring about an experience, a very specific uh, but unique to each and every one of us experience, and that experience uh, is a spiritual awakening, a change, a revolution in the way we think, we feel, and especially in the way we behave. And, of course, what distinguishes this 12-step process from self-help programs and all those books and remedies that, we, that I so desperately tried is that this change is done to us, not by us. And because of this step process, there was a natural progression of turning me inside out from a life-taking habit of self-obsession, uh, misery, depression, self-loathing, uh, to a life-giving desire for service to others. We are turned inside out, you know, and, that, and we begin to create. Is this creation something of me? Absolutely not. This creation is an energy, uh, a strength, you know, that that we begin to have because we have access to power. You know, that's the great paradox of this program is that we can seldom keep the precious gift of recovery unless we give it away. We begin to be servants. That's the highest rank in the program of recovery is to serve. Because for us, for people like you and me, real compulsive overeaters, if we neglect those who are still sick, there's danger to our own life and our own sanity. So it's under self-preservation, it's under love, it's under a high mission 
that we all have as individuals and that we share as a group collectively together to carry this message so we are given the ability to create. And of course, how, how is that creation possible? That creation comes from the 12 steps, which uh, you know, are a group of spiritual principles. And if we continue to practice, practice them, it does two things. One, it has rid me of the obsession to compulsively overeat and allows me to have the reprieve of that death sentence. And also, it enables the suffering compulsive overeater to become happily and usefully whole. Again, to create, to bring, to give. No longer take, 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 but give, 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 give. Create. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And I would like to thank over, there was over 20 voices we heard this morning. So thank you, everyone who has shared. Um, please join us for our second hour of study immediately following the closing. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I'm going to ask Rebecca F. to read a vision for you. And thank you to Susie K. for staying in the bullpen. Rebecca? Thank you, Kim. This is Rebecca F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>